0: Hi guys, this episode is about periods, bleeding. I give a lot of unsolicited fucking advice. Don't take any of my advice if it doesn't resonate with you. And I have to be honest, I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't even have like very, very few prerequisites. So check with your healthcare professional, but more than that, check within your own body and what resonates with you. These are all just suggestions and what's helped me heal along the way. I hope you enjoy the episode. I have so much more period talk than you're about to hear. Um, So if you want to know more, hit me up. Okay, bye. I'm an insane, sexual, shadow witch. And my name is Lacey Free and I'm the fucking host of HorrorPod. It's summertime. I, Lacey, am 11 years old, bouncing to Eminem and Dr. Dre, performing on our junkie TV set. MTV rescued me many of summers, but this summer was different. It was hot July, and I was sucking on a bright red popsicle with Jolly Ranchers stuffed into each pocket of my shorts. Red has always been my favorite color. The bright red popsicle, I thought it was running down my leg, but it wasn't popsicle. And I ran to my mom screaming, blood, blood, blood. It was coming from my panties and I told my mom and she started hysterically laughing. Now her drunk laughs would carry throughout the neighborhood and she said, honey, Aunt Flo has come to visit and I started crying. I had no fucking idea who our Aunt Flo was. I thought I only had two aunts. But my mom continued laughing and she made a spectacle of me. She told all the guys she was drinking with, we had to shut off Eminem and Dr. Drain. She made me get in the center of the room and show everyone my bloody panties. I wanted to recoil. The turtle knee wanted to hide and go into my shell. But her and my grandmother insisted this, this blood was a badge of honor because, sweetheart, now you're a woman. Everyone just kept looking at me in my fifth grade body and saying, now you're a woman, a woman. I didn't feel like a woman. I felt more like a young, bleeding pup. And I feared the predators would get a whiff of the menstruation and feel justified in their continuous caresses because, well, I'm a woman now. But guess what? Period blood does not make you a woman or more of a woman. When my period stopped, I cried alone in isolation and I hated myself for not allowing the feminine flow. I punished myself for not bleeding. I had PCOS and I thought to be feminine, to be woman, was to bleed. And menstruation is potent magic, but there's lots of women who don't bleed The truth is, trans women don't bleed, and sometimes woman born bodies don't bleed. But this episode is for the beings that menstruate. This episode is for those who love and support menstruating bodies. The masculine world is set up on a 24-hour cycle. The feminine and menstruating body operates on a 28-day cycle, or a four-week monthly cycle. The body's energy shifts depending on the phase of the cycle. A menstruating body requires a week of rest a month. Did you hear me? I said a menstruating body requires a week of rest. A month. Part of depression and anxiety and irritability can come from PMS. and PMS, a contributor of that is grinding, working, um, involving ourselves too hardcore in the masculine energy. And not giving ourselves that week of rest when the blood is flowing from the body. Now... When we talk about our bodies experiencing our cycle, our cycle is way bigger than the week that we bleed. The one to five days or seven days that we bleed. The cycle is the 28 days of the month. Our body builds up to the blood and builds down from the blood we can sync our bodies with the moon. Witches have historically regulated their menstrual cycle with the moon. And now, if you're a body that doesn't menstruate, but you identify with being a woman, you can hold space with the cycles of the moon and honor the bleeding time, even if blood isn't physically coming out of you. You can even take fruit like pomegranate and do blood ritual or period magic by honoring the fruit, putting it in your body, and using the juices of the fruit as art, as medicine for your body. So whenever I talk about like menstrual blood coming from the body, If you are identifying as a woman or as feminine, you can use support from nature to tap into this energy as well. So the period is four phases or four cycles or four phases within a cycle. There's the menstrual phase. That's phase one. Phase two is the follicular phase and that's the waxing moon phase. This phase is right after menstruation. And then phase three is the ovulation phase. This is the full moon phase. And phase four is the luteal phase. This is the waning moon phase right before menstruation. So let's break down what the phases are. The menstrual phase represents the new moon and its winter energy. It's a time for rest, a time for darkness in the season and darkness within self. So holding space for the darkness within the body, holding space for rest. Whenever we're menstruating, we don't want to be rigid on ourselves or hard on ourselves. Like, it's not a great time to start a brand new project. It's not a great time for extreme cardio exercise or weightlifting. Menstruation is a time of internal reflection. Menstruation is a beautiful time for sacred rest, deep healing, and deep. Deep releasing. I'm talking about the phases as if you're going through your period or starting the menstruation part on the new moon. I realize a lot of people bleed on the full moon and they don't have the menstruation part on the new moon. But right now I'm speaking as if you're cycled up with the new moon. When we're cycled up, with the new moon, this is white moon energy. This is often connected to fertility energy. Uh, some people believe that when we menstruate or bleed on the new moon, our bodies are more fertile for giving life to others, building a life outside of our body, cultivating life outside of ourselves now if you're bleeding on the full moon in my opinion other people have different opinions on this the full moon is about expanding and birthing for yourself it's like birthing new creative projects for yourself um not as much as like ready to have a baby energy the new moon is much more like nurturing during the time where nature is dark Nature goes in for the rest. Nature is ready, preparing for birth energy. So the menstrual phase is about downtime. It's really good to eat hydrating foods during the menstrual phase. So cucumber, zucchini, watermelon that's seeded, papaya, oranges. I would stay away as much as you can from like really cold smoothies when you're menstruating. You want to think of the phase one of menstruation like the seasons. So if we're thinking about it in seasons, menstruation, season one or phase one of our cycle is winter. So you don't really wanna eat like ice cold ice cream or smoothies. It's more about like warm soups, soups full of hydration. So soups with zucchini or squashes, seeded watermelons, cucumbers, fruit, and drinking a lot of water and really doing nothing that stresses your body out. If you want to bring more warmth to your body during the menstruation phase, ginger is amazing during this time because it creates warmth in the pelvic region and warmth stimulates blood flow and ginger is also an anti-inflammatory. I'll go deeper into why it's important not to be inflamed while we bleed, but let's continue with the cycles or the phases of the cycle. The next phase is the follicular phase. And I keep saying that wrong, so I'm sorry. But that phase is the waxing moon. So this is the phase right after you bleed. And on an energetic level in the follicular phase, this is like springtime. This is a good time for seeding like seeding magic. When I say seeding magic, it's spring magic. It's fertility. It's really asking yourself, what do you want? What do you want to manifest for summer? What do you want to birth into existence? And it just so happens in the second phase of the period cycle, it's connected to the waxing moon. This is when our estrogen and the bodies start to rise and eating seeds during the springtime can help with the estrogen in our body and it can help create an environment in our body that's set up to have a healthy cycle when we have periods our periods are sort of like a report card of our overall health so judging by the color or the pain level, or the flow of the period, we're getting a lot of data and information of our nutrition levels, our stress levels, our sleep levels. And during the follicular phase, it's a great time to start seeding the body with nutrition. So eating seeds like sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, um, I'm really excited about this pumpkin smoothie I learned about, and you just buy raw pumpkin seeds and you rinse them and you soak them in purified water overnight, like a cup of them or half a cup, and then you put them in your smoothie in the morning. And this is a fine time to eat cooler foods in the spring, fruits, seeds, building the body back up from what it just released in the first phase, the menstruation phase. And then the third phase is the ovulation phase. And this is connected with the full moon. So if you're bleeding on the new moon, The first phase of the period is the new moon. If you're bleeding on the new moon, it's more than likely you're ovulating on the full moon. And the full moon is connected to warmth, heat, summer energy. And ovulation is when bodies can usually get pregnant. Um, A typical body can't get pregnant the whole phase of the period. It usually only can get pregnant about six or seven days around ovulation. So around the full moon, which is so interesting to me because the full moon is known to bring out sexual energy, prowlness, heightened senses. Energetically, the ovulation phase of the cycle is connected to heat in the body, more warmth. Some people um, can check whether or not they're ovulating by taking their own temperature daily. There's even apps that allow you to track your cycle, which I highly recommend. But one of the ways they track if you're truly ovulating is by getting your temperature checked. So the energy of the ovulation phase is full moon, summer energy. And it's very like sexually heightened vibrato, Leo energy, bold energy. Um, This is where we might want to exercise using endurance and cardio and sweat and shaking. This is when we... Our sex drive usually goes up and our body becomes more open. This is a great time to uh, eat raw detoxifying foods. The ovulation phase of the cycle is connected to the liver. And in the follicle phase, estrogen is dominant in the body. In the ovulation phase, estrogen lowers in the body and progesterone becomes more dominant. But all of these hormones are being processed through the liver. So anything we eat when we're ovulating, it's great to be conscious of raw detoxifying foods We don't really want to accumulate a lot of toxins in the ovulation phase because that can lead to a really painful period in the menstruation phase. What we do in the ovulation phase sets the tone for our period when it comes. Leafy greens are great while you're ovulating. Dandelion root putting like hot packs on the belly and affirmations of divine feminine flow, feeling good in your own sexuality, pretending you're a Leo, taking care of yourself as if you are the Leo. It's very like bold, hot girl energy, the ovulation phase. After the ovulation phase is the fourth phase, And that's the luteal phase. And this is the phase between ovulation and when you actually bleed. It's connected to the waning moon and fall energy. So if our body, if we have some hormonal imbalances within our body, the luteal phase can be really painful because that's often connected to PMS. So there can be like swollen breasts, Breast tenderness, cramps, irritability, anxiety. And our body's just like really getting ready to go to be internal. So it's going from like hot girl summer to preparing for like cold internal winter. So the luteal phase is winding down and it's it's planning for the next. Your energy might be lower. You might want to like wind down the social activities, um, lessen the partying. And it's kind of just a time to question what is working for you or in what can be released because you're about to go into menstruation and menstruation is about the release. So being conscious in the fourth phase of the cycle of what is serving you, what is serving your body and what can you let go of? In every phase of the cycle, B vitamins are super important. You can do um, a healthy B complex, or you can just research what fruits and vegetables contain B vitamins. If you're vegan or vegetarian, it's really hard to get vitamin B12, so you might want to take that as a supplement. I like liquid for my B-complexes. It helps with energy, and I have noticed that it helps my overall cycle. So the luteal phase is the fall, before the winter. And these are the four phases, and there's so much more to them than what I just explained, but I think it affects who we are on a metaphysical level, an energetic level, and a physical level. And it affects how we interact with our work and how we interact with each other. So the four phases are the menstrual phase, the follicle phase, or the follicular phase. Sorry, I can't talk. The ovulation phase and the luteal phase. Research more about them for yourself because if you go into a doctor's, they don't even tell you that your body is basically preparing to menstruate every day of the year. Every day of the year is connected to your menstruation. I remember being a teenager with PCOS and going into a nurse practitioner and telling her I I was afraid I wasn't fertile because my periods had suddenly stopped. And they suddenly stopped due to stress. Stress is a huge factor in our blood flow. But the nurse practitioner just said, you don't want to get pregnant right now, so it doesn't matter if you're not fertile, and handed me birth control pills. Now, fertility is way bigger than us getting pregnant or having a baby in the future. Fertility is a sign of overall health and vitality and longevity within the body. Bleeding is connected to every organ we have. I think I forgot to say that the cycle is a 28-day cycle, and you can count it starting the first day is the first day you you have blood. So not just spotting, but like you have a bit of flow coming out and it's the menstruation phase. So the phase one is the menstruation, and that's day one of the period. And you can count 28 days after that. If you're experiencing a lot of cravings during your period, like For me, I absolutely love chocolate on my period, and I get a lot of cramps during my period. Cramps and craving of chocolate can be a messenger or a sign of a deficiency in magnesium. We naturally crave like chocolate or dark chocolate because it has magnesium in it, But what our body is really asking for is for more magnesium. So you can research what foods carry magnesium. Or during my period, I like to do um, a magnesium supplement powder. And it really seems to be helping with the cramping. I used to be someone that was really hard on myself for rest. But now when I get my period, I try to take the first two to three days off. And in a masculine, rigid world, that's impossible. You can't take three days off from the office or seven days off from the office. Every time you bleed each month, you would probably get fired. But I think part of what's happening in the world, as I've said a lot of times already, is we're going through a huge death process of the masculine energy of the rigidity and we're coming more into like a feminine flow the collective is coming more into a feminine flow and by healing our own flows within our own bodies whether we menstruate or not we're adding healing to the collective flow and a lot of us if we are privileged enough to not have to go into an office or to work at a location, we might be able to carve out more rest for the first one to three days of the bleeding. Periods are an amazing opportunity to release, to to slip into ease, into flow. Sometimes we're more creative on our period, and sometimes we get sort of a Brain fog energy around the period, and we feel like we can't create. I would not force creation around the period. If it naturally comes, I think that's a channeling, that's an intuitive channeling or a download that might hit you on your period, and definitely honor that. But don't force. I don't think we need to force anything anymore. Part of leaving the masculine energy is divorcing, is releasing the idea of force. So, and our brain gets foggy on our period because our body is doing so much work. It takes a lot of work to release. As we're releasing, it's important to be mindful of not bringing in more toxicity, and I'm just speaking for me. I hate when I'm on here and I'm saying like it's important to be mindful. Most of my life I have not been mindful in my period. So nothing about this should stress you out or make you feel like you have to do it. It's just little steps to to get more comfortable with the ease within our own bodies and the ease of what's going on with the bodies around us. I feel like sometimes we just treat people as if they feel exactly like we do in our energy field. We just assume they're on the same playing field as us, and I don't think we are consciously aware that they might be in extreme pain from PMS, or that they might be in the ovulation phase where their energy is heightened and they have fire and they want to express, or we don't really acknowledge or give grace to the people who are bleeding and maybe just need to be more internal. I think we have a lot of crazy high expectations of each other and a lot of crazy high expectations of the feminine energy. And I wonder if we just understood the phases and the cycles within ourselves more if that energy would allow us to treat each other better and to help us prepare for our creative projects or even how we interact in our jobs. Now, when we're bleeding, though, our body doesn't really want to take on more toxins because it's it's an opportunity to release the toxins. I know for me, if I drink alcohol or eat sugar or eat too much salt or like any dairy or animal product while I'm bleeding my blood just stops like no warning it's not safe to bleed i'm like putting toxins in it and it it's just like the toxins are getting clogged up they're not flowing out your menstrual cycle can be a detoxing process as long as we're not putting a ton more toxins in our body as it's detoxing. And this means emotional toxicity too. This is an amazing time to, to find quiet within self. Sometimes the blood flow and the release can be such an emotionally painful time Sometimes people who have experienced a lot of trauma, I should just speak for myself. I, who have experienced a lot of trauma, um, I hold on to a lot of it in my body. I hold on to it like with weight, stagnant energy. And when sometimes I think I'm too scared to bleed, because bleeding would mean I'm releasing some of the toxic trauma. And that sounds good logically, but to release toxicity, you have to feel the toxicity on some level. And I'm avoiding feeling that trauma. I'm avoiding feeling what the toxins have done to me internally that I've put into my body. And I think I'm making this sound like it's some sort of punishment when you bleed, and it's not. But for me, when I have a buildup of toxins or a buildup of emotions or a buildup of trauma, I think on a subconscious level, I stop my body from having a period, from flowing, because I'm afraid I'm going to like freak out or cry too much or that I'm going to open the, my box of grief and it's going to overflow into the ocean and I'm not going to be able to get it back in the box Now, this is all extreme masculine thinking of like, oh, you can't touch grief because you have to get a project done or you have to be strong for your family or you have to do this or that. So then we continue to stuff the grief down which turns into toxicity in the physical form of the body. When we have a lot of toxicity in the the physical form of the body, it turns into toxicity in the emotional realm of the body. So we just start covering it up and covering it up and covering it up to the point that we're so stuffed up that it's hard to bleed. It's hard to flow. And uh, with PCOS, sometimes, or endometriosis, you can go long periods without bleeding or periods where you just continuously bleed. But when I go through a period without bleeding and then I start my period again, I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck oh, fuck, I'm going to be insane. I feel like more emotional, more crazy, sometimes volatile. And no one had really explained to me that I wasn't bad for feeling those emotions and I'm not truly crazy, but that there is a fluctuation in my hormones and that all of these volatile feelings are from toxic chemicals in my body. And these toxic chemicals can be physical of what I've ingested, like alcohol or too much sugar. Um, but the toxic chemicals can also happen from what's happening in the metaphysical realm. So having toxic relationships, having people around you that think you're bad and remind you that you're bad, And for me, when I was growing up, there was a lot of messages from my mom that I was bad or that I was going to be bad. And even before I got my period, there was a lot of energy around, when you start your period, you're going to be a woman and you're going to be sexual and you can get pregnant. And I was so afraid that that was bad that I think on a subconscious level I fucked up my own period because I was scared of what it may mean to others, to the predators around me, to men. I didn't know if I was just like ready to like be bleeding, to be fertile. And I think there's, if I'm honest, I think there's still this like fear in me that I'm not like ready to be fertile (laughs) like that I might not be a good mom and that's just connected to my own trauma but if I don't talk about that if I don't look at that in the mirror if I don't acknowledge that that can turn into its own toxicity within my body um and sometimes like when when we're trying to release toxicity toxicity is sort of parasitic and Literal parasites affect our periods and parasites release toxins within the body, like poisonous chemicals. Um, and when those poisonous chemicals are released, it, it shows up in us being more parasitic. So if we have a lot of like heavy metal toxins in our body or parasitic toxins or toxins from substances we're putting in our body, we might be more prone to acting toxic in our direct environment. So if we're not conscious in the luteal phase of the bleeding or phase one, the menstrual cycle of the bleeding, we might notice that, or not notice, that we're, these toxins are building up in us and trying to decide if they're going to release in the blood flow. And when those toxins are building up, they might manifest as us acting toxic. And it's not something we have to feel bad about or blame ourselves for, but it is an energy of like fight energy. And one way to notice if these toxic chemicals are trying to come out of your body or out of your emotional realm those toxic chemicals kind of want to engage in certain activities that procreate toxicity. So inflame or inflate the toxicity rather than release it. So you might, if you have a lot of toxins, but you're not doing things like detoxing the body or meditating or going internal, and you're just kind of on the rigid wheel of the masculine, You might engage in more gossip. You might engage more in comparing yourself to others. You might engage more in arguing or being mean or harsh to your own body. You might find that your thoughts go into darker realms at this time. This is during like PMS and it's because there's like a buildup of toxins wanting to be released. That's one reason. There's also like your hormones are changing a lot right now. It's going the estrogen and progesterone both die off right before you bleed. They both like drop down a lot for the release. On our periods, our bodies are super sensitive to stress. And our bodies absolutely love sleep, extra sleep, naps. If I engage in stress or fight with anyone or even have like an argument on my period, my period just stops completely because I go into fight or flight. It's a trauma response and it's telling my body that I'm not safe to bleed or to flow. And I get scared. And when my fear rises, my cortisol levels rise. When your cortisol levels rise, cortisol is a stress hormone and it affects progesterone and estrogen, which affect the blood flow. And this can happen in real time. It's just stopping. Part of detoxing is not engaging in stress when you're bleeding. Like really going into the sacred cave of you. And what is that? look like for you? And it's really about creating it for yourself. What feels sacred to you? What feels good on your period? What feels good when you're releasing? Where does it feel safe to release? Where does it feel safe to cry or scream or just hide under a blanket? The liver processes all of our hormones. So our liver, the health of our liver greatly affects our period and just our hormonal energy all around. And if we have toxic buildup in the liver, it's it's hard to even have a healthy period. So doing any sort of liver detox in the follicular phase, the second phase of the period, that's the spring phase, cleansing the liver can help your overall cycle. The liver on a metaphysical realm holds our anger. The liver holds our rage. And the liver is really connected to that like fight stress energy. And that fight energy is like I said connected to like gossip or judging yourself or being really focused on the surface and not so much the internal. And if we're living a life where we're not expressing our emotions or allowing ourselves to get angry or to feel angry or sad, that can show up as a fatty liver on our body or just sort of like a clogged liver. Burdock root is an amazing herb for the liver. Burdock root is nutrient dense and it helps our body regenerate. So if you think about the, the whole cycle of the period with all four phases, it's really an energy of regeneration. We are regenerating to be able to create life energy, whether it's an actual human life or life force or creative projects. We, as feminine energy, can regenerate burdock root is so good for pms because by helping detoxify the liver you're helping regulate the hormones and oftentimes pms and like really like sore boobs or cramping and irritation right before you bleed that can be connected to being really estrogen dominant in the body so having high levels of estrogen High levels of estrogen is connected to uh, a clogged liver, so this isn't about judging yourself. It's about being really nice to yourself, but also being honest. Um, I went through a huge phase in my life where I drank a ton of fucking alcohol and did substances. So knowing that, I know that I probably have like a pretty clogged liver and knowing my family's history and that my mom has had a disease in her liver and that I come from generational alcoholism. So those are all pretty big red flags that my liver could be clogged, which could affect the tenderness of my breasts. But by using the burdock root or the milk thistle and the dandelion root, and you can use those at any phase of the cycle, I specifically really like them um, in phase two, three, and four of the cycle and not the actual menstrual phase where I'm bleeding. I don't like to take any vitamins, any minerals when I'm bleeding and allowing just the organic flow of the body and not feeling... Like I have to control it. Like the control, the rigidity, that's masculine energy. And I say this all the time, but I think I have to say it again. That doesn't mean it's like male gendered energy because it feels like I'm saying men are so bad, but I feel like it's just the white supremacist, patriarchal rigidity of the 40 hour work week grinding energy that took us from having the opportunity of living in flow, living in um, a resource-based economy or communities where we could go rest for a week out of the month. But burdock root, dandelion root, and milk thistle are so amazing for the liver. And anytime we give our liver love, we're helping each organ in our body the liver houses rage. And if we don't give ourselves the opportunity to express every one of our emotions, they'll get clogged in the liver. Um, And our, our anger can morph into that fight energy where we want to argue or sow discord or have the urge to just mindlessly be on social media and comparing ourselves to other people or talking shit about someone. That's all the fight energy. And we really collectively want to step away from that and step into the energy of Ahimsa. Ahimsa, I feel like I'm culturally appropriating by talking about Ahimsa, but I just feel like It's that language is easier to describe the energy I'm trying to express. And ahimsa is a Sanskrit word. The energy of ahimsa is used in ancient yoga practices. And ahimsa is the energy of nonviolence. So like when our liver is clogged, that's the like fight energy, which is more directed to like violent energy. Now, ahimsa is the energy of nonviolence in every way. And it's a practice. So like how yoga postures and like the physical practice of yoga is a practice. So is the energy of ahimsa. And when we experience ahimsa, we don't use violent words. Now, this is hard for me (laughs) because I use violent words. I am an Aries moon and I can be fucking snake with my tongue to myself and when my rage comes out to others. But that is the energy of the old world. We can still honor our rage, but our rage doesn't have to look like violence to ourselves or others. Did you hear me? Our rage doesn't have to look like violence to ourselves or to others. There's many ways we can express rage through art, through dancing, through stomping through screaming, through writing out our truth, through screaming. But the non-violence doesn't just have to be love and light but it's honoring our rage in a way that doesn't create violence for ourselves and others. And it's a practice. It's a practice that I still fuck up all the time. But it's an especially important practice when we're bleeding, um, and the practice of ahimsa is is nonviolence towards everything. So you use nonviolent words to yourself, you use nonviolent words to others, you use nonviolence on your own body. So you like don't hurt your body, or you don't do anything that would hurt your body. Like you're not taking like huge risks when you're in the energy of ahimsa. It's also the energy of not being violent to animals and to any being on earth so when you practice ahimsa you practice not eating meat and eating more plants ahimsa is giving love to the animals rather than eating them or hurting them at that time but i sound so fucking love and light right now and Just remember, no matter what bullshit comes out of my mouth, you're your ultimate guide, your ultimate teacher, your ultimate knower. So if you feel like you need some chicken, whatever. I'm not your god. I'm not your guide. I'm your friend. And we have to do what feels right for our bodies. And part of ahimsa is not judging ourselves for it and not judging other people for it. So yeah, so really using affirmations as nonviolent in the blood phase. Vitamin D is so important for a period. People who experience irregular or painful periods are often deficient in vitamin D. So like getting as much sun as you possibly can through each phase of the cycle is super important. I love if I'm somewhere safe in bleeding that I can literally just go outside naked and bleed. That alone feels like a beautiful blood magic ritual. Um, spells, spells, magic, ritual for the period. I'm going to give you some ideas. But a spell spoken is a spell broken, and it's really important that you make your own book of shadows, your own spell book, meaning you talk to your womb, you talk to your ovaries, your DNA, or your penis, or your pubes, or your tongue, lips, ask your own body what ritual it needs. Ask your spirit what ritual it needs and then just listen. I promise it will come. But here are some ideas. I love the idea of painting ourselves in our period blood. I know, don't judge me. I can see why some of you would think it's gross. But I don't think our our period blood is gross. And a lot of us have given head to a partner, right? Some of us have even had cum from our partner on our face. And we gladly take our partner's cum on our face or eat our partner out, but we're scared of our own menstrual blood. And I wonder, instead of being scared of our menstrual blood, if we could use it as ritual instead, use it as war paint instead, Use our own blood and touch our bodies with it. Paint our bodies with it. Be turned on by your own blood. Feel the DNA within the blood. You want to talk about magic? You want to talk to guides? There is potent medicine in the blood and you can talk to it. But I absolutely love the idea of painting our face our bodies and blood. Oh my gosh. Don't tell if you're listening, don't tell anyone I said that. Cause I know everyone is going to make fun of me. It's okay. But I once did blood ritual with a partner and we painted each other with my period blood. And then we did a photo shoot when we were painted in blood and it felt like such a sacred ceremony And each time we swiped the blood on our body as paint, we gave a different spell or affirmation to our body. And we sealed it with the blood as paint on our chest or on our face. One thing I like to do is really use the blood to create art. So getting a white canvas and using my own menstrual blood as finger paint. The first time I did this, I took menstrual blood of mine, put it on a white canvas, and then just wrote a poem over it. We have to stop judging our poetry. We have to stop judging our art. There's no such thing as good and bad anything anymore. There's no such thing as good and bad. There is no bad poetry. There is no good poetry. There is no bad art. There is no good art. They're both just expression. And a beautiful way to express is to go so deep within our own body that we can paint the blood of our expression onto a canvas. Another thing I love to do is give the blood back to the earth and connect to the phase of the moon I'm in. So going outside and bleeding and looking up at the moon as my bare feet are connected to the earth energy and blood is dripping down to the earth, like talking to the moon and what phase it's in and listening back. During the time of bleeding is a great time for listening and not listening to like uh, the 3D, like listening to what our body's telling us, what the moon is telling us, what the water is telling us, what the blood is telling us. Um, you can also collect your blood like in a jar and sometimes even just collecting your blood in a jar and putting it on your altar and like watching it it's your DNA it's your cells it's your magic and you can save that jar of blood and you can use it in candle magic you can keep it on your altar and you can use it to pray to yourself to pray to your guides Some people use blood magic to connect to their blood lineage magic, their ancestors. You can also take the jar of blood and use it to put in your plants around the house. And you can put manifestation energy within the plants and give the plants the nutrients of your blood. I love dance through every phase of the cycle, but I especially... Love soft, slow movement as I'm bleeding, like giving myself rest, but also giving myself movement and dance and flow. And if you can dance and you feel comfortable with it with other bodies that are menstruating at the same time as you, and you can hold sort of like a menstruation dance party without like bringing in toxins and hydrating yourselves with tea. I love raspberry leaf. Raspberry leaf is the best tea and nettle tea while you're on your period. I wanna create this, so hit me up if you wanna have a nettle, raspberry leaf, tea party, soft dance party while we all bleed together. And if you're not physically bleeding, you can still hold the energy of bleeding into the earth, using the fruit, talking to the moon, connecting to the phases of the moon. And I went through a period without getting my period. And I remember my aunt, who is magic, told me that I could just touch my womb space and envision myself bleeding. And that my body would start responding as if I was bleeding. And it would help balance my hormones. And at the time, I didn't really believe her. But I would do that. I would touch my womb space and envision the blood flow. And when I started doing that on a consistent basis, my period came. Um, So I'm not saying it will make someone bleed necessarily. But I think it can really... Just envisioning it, you can tap into that feminine energy. You don't have to be an actual menstruating person. I created a playlist for this episode. It's called Period. It's on Spotify. I'm going to be dancing to it and I will be bleeding soon. I hope you dance with me. I hope you bleed with me. I love you. Bye we be for listening to Horopod, If you want to book a reading with me, you can go to my website, LaceyFree.com, or follow me on Instagram at LaceyIsFree for more of my poetry, and I'll start doing more lives on there about energy and herbs. If you have questions about herbs or about sex or your own superpowers, or you want to do a healing session with me... Lacyfree.com is a great place for that. If you want to share some of your poetry and talk to like-minded individuals about sex magic, about magical beings, about trauma, or just share your art poems, we have a Facebook page. HorrorPod has a Facebook page. Just search HorrorPod on Facebook. And join the group and be friends with people. Share some of your shit. And I'm also on Twitter, I guess. Kind of. I don't know. Twitter scares me, guys. But you can follow horpod at HorrorPod on Twitter. I love you. And I'm sending you all sacred fucking rage. And love.